Today in the conservatory, new facts emerge about the DOJ's raid of Trump's Florida home, a leftist spokesperson wants to accommodate pedophiles rather than punish them, and Boston Children's Hospital puts out a video calling for your daughters to be made barren. We have all that and more today on the conservatory. Alrighty, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to thank you all for listening to the show, as well as tell you about some exciting stuff coming to the podcast. As you may have noticed, I purchased a new microphone this week, so from here on out, we'll be using this microphone, and uh, hopefully it'll bring some more quality to the episodes. Also, I've just launched the Conservatory Twitter account, so if you're on Twitter, check us out and give us a follow at Conservatory Pod. That's Conservatory P-O-D on Twitter. On there, I'll be posting clips from the show, new episode announcements, and even some conservative memes and retweets from time to time, so make sure to check it out. Also, if you want to message me directly, uh, shoot me a DM and we can have a conversation. Lastly, I've contracted someone to create a new intro song for the podcast, so hopefully that'll be a sort of quality of life improvement for the episodes to come. I enjoy putting these shows out, and as our audience grows, so too can the show. So make sure to share episodes that you find particularly interesting. Thanks, guys, and let's get into today's show. Alrighty, guys. So to begin today's show, we have some new information about the FBI raid on Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago earlier this week. The Attorney General of the U.S., under the purview of President Joe Biden, came out yesterday and claimed responsibility for the unprecedented raid on the former president's home. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. This is pretty big stuff. This would really lead you to believe that Merrick Garland may actually have intentions of charging President Trump with a crime. He continued. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Okay, so let me just say two things can be true at once. It can be true that the federal law enforcement agencies uh, can be dedicated to the American people and their safety from criminals and terrorists, while also acting in bad faith against the current president's chief political opponent. Certainly on the show, I want to make it clear that we appreciate law enforcement, except for the ATF, and believe the men and women of these departments, for the most part, do good work. However, it would seem that since Trump's nomination, the FBI and DOJ have been weaponized and used against him without reprieve. Whether we're talking about a multi-year investigation into rumors that he colluded with the Russians to steal the 2016 election, or that he acted criminally in events surrounding the election in 2020, even now, the raid seems to have a political, to be a political attempt to destroy his chances of winning nomination in 2024. All of this while former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was never investigated for her unlawful mishandling, if you want to call it a mishandling, of classified documents several years ago. So forgive the American people for being skeptic- skeptical of the underlying motives of a DOJ under the control of the investigated party's political opponent. Fortunately, 
Mayor Garland has announced that the DDOJ will unseal the warrants and other documents pertaining to the raid. Since I became Attorney General, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. And by the way, once these documents and other information come out about the raid, I'll mention them on the show. It's worth mentioning that it's my opinion that if Trump did commit a crime, then he should be prosecuted. After all, criminals should be prosecuted. That's why they're criminals, and that's why we have a justice system. That being said, the rule of law is absolutely not equally applied in American politics, as we've seen time and time again from the examples we've talked about ad nauseum on shows prior. And nearly every president since the 60s has violated the Presidential Record Records Act to include Lyndon B. Johnson and Barack Obama. Alrighty. So moving on from the update on the FBI's raid on Trump's home, let me just say, I try to make a point here on the show to not shy away from uncomfortable topics. I believe the second you start to do that, you begin to concede ground on the topic uh, to the opposition. This is why you will very rarely hear me use euphemisms, both in person and on the show. As I mentioned, excuse me, I mentioned this for a couple of reasons. The first being that the topic of this next segment is about the use of euphemisms, and the second being because I won't be using any when discussing the topic. So what we have lined up for this segment is a woman who is a licensed counselor working for the Pennsylvania government, and what she says is usually the most wild thing I've ever heard from a member of the left, uh, which is shocking considering how much garbage that they promote. Here's that clip. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves, and this includes folks who are attracted to minors. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. 
they've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. How about this? I've got a word that we can use too. Criminals. Or how about creeps? Or, this is one of my preferred ones, that bloodied corpse over there. And while we're at it, something I've been meaning to bring up uh, for a while now is there's a particular part of the population in this country that has really been historically marginalized. Uh, as you may have guessed, I'm of course talking about life terminating persons. Now you may have noticed I've used them I've used the term life terminating persons, which is often shortened to LTPs, rather than the more commonly used term murderer. And I'm doing this because they're perhaps the most vilified group in the nation and using this term causes people to make assumptions about about these people, which then causes harm to a group that is already under attack in society. After all, members of this group are already imprisoned against their will. And if you really want to talk about an even more marginalized group in American society, how about forcible sex-having persons, often shortened to FSHP? Again, you may have noticed that I used a different term to refer to these people other than uh, the more common term, uh, which is far more derogatory, uh, rapist. Or alternatively, these people are monsters and deserve every bit of punishment they're given and more. The self-proclaimed counselor and sex therapist could have just as easily said either murderer or rapist, along with whatever euphemistic names she wanted to come up with in place of pedophile. And it would have been equally as egregious because all three of these crimes deserve the same punishment. Castration or death. The video is even more incredible when you realize that this woman works for the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, meaning undoubtedly she has had sessions with convicted child predators. My immediate reaction, of course, as any sane persons would be, was shock and surprise. But is it really that shocking? On previous episodes of the show, we've covered many stories, TikTok videos, and articles where children are subjected to the wills and of sexual deviants and perverts to the joy of the left. In these videos, children are taught to give cash to scantily clad cross-dressing men, as well as dance performatively for these very same men. Just a couple episodes ago, we reviewed three examples of this across the country, from California to Tennessee to North Carolina. So certainly we should continue to be outraged in this case, but can we really claim to be surprised that the left has shifted its position even more unimaginably further to the left? Pundits, including myself, have called for the arrest of all the adults involved in instances of minors being abused by these types of people uh, because we can see it for what it is and where it's headed. Unless you believe that the left as a whole does not and will not support this type of thing, let's not forget that long ago, or excuse me, not all that long ago, the left's position on abortion was safe, legal, and rare. And now they would love nothing more than to be able to kill children up to the point of birth and likely beyond. The left has no cultural backstop. There's nothing that prevents them from continuing down this path. So mark my words now. This position will not be unpopular on the American left in just a few short years. They'll praise the bravery of pedophiles for their public display of their sexuality. You heard it in the video. These people can't control or help that they're attracted to minors. They were born this way. It's no different than being hetero or homosexual. So don't you be surprised when this attitude is extended to the most vile among us. Child predators like rapists should be killed off like rats or castrated like bulls, and I have zero problem saying that confidently. End of story.
Children are a society's most precious entity, and we have a duty to protect them at all costs, especially when there are those among us who seek to prey on them. Alright, so keeping with the theme of humanistic atrocities, you may know that a long time ago the ancient Mayans once ruled over in Mexico. The ancient Mayans are known today mostly for their belief in recurring cycles of creation and destruction, particularly that the Mayan calendar described one of these cycles as ending in 2012, thus everybody saying the world was going to end, the movie 2012 where the world ends, and so on. Additionally, the Mayans are known for their brutal and gruesome sacrifices and rituals, which have been studied by historians for decades at this point. According to the Canadian Museum of History, Mayan rituals include the following, quote, Self-mutilation was encouraged in order to furnish blood with which to anoint religious articles. The elite were obsessed with blood, both that of their own and that of their captives. Human sacrifice was perpetrated on prisoners, slaves, and particularly children, with orphans and illegitimate children specially purchased for the occasion. End quote. Now, if you're horrified at the, the thought of this, uh, the thought that, or excuse me, the thought of encouraging the self-mutilation and murder of children, you are certainly not alone. I believe 99.99% of people in modernized society would agree with you that these types of rituals have no place whatsoever in society today. So I tell you this not to get a reaction, but to put you in a frame of mind for what I'm about to show you so that you can draw some historical parallels to the type of thing going on today. History is the chief way we should learn about humanity and contemporary society, as well as framing how we think about other historical events. So with that long preamble out of the way, allow me to introduce to you a new release put out by the Boston Children's Hospital. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. So now you understand where I was going with a mind ritual review. The left has hijacked our medical institutions to help them target your children. Your little girls are now being encouraged by the left, in conjunction with medical institutions, to voluntarily mutilate their bodies and sacrifice to the lowercase g, gods of liberalism, which among others are self-hatred, selfishness, and hedonism. If you just do this or that, if you just tell us to mutilate your body for you, you'll be happy, they said to the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old child. Give us the green light to permanently remove your ability to have children. Make that decision before you've even begun high school, they shout with glee to your preteen daughter. These people are disgusting. Any medical professional who takes part in the gender-affirming hysterectomies offered by the hospital should be thrown in prison and have their medical license revoked, just as if we found them in their basement leaning over the bloodied body of a young child performing the same surgery. Just because a procedure is performed in an operating room instead of an altar doesn't make it any less horrific. Medical malpractice isn't a crime because of where it's performed. It's a crime because the procedure is so abhorrent and disgusting that the patient is permanently traumatized, either physically or mentally or both, as a result of the operation. Even more egregious is the crime when the purpose of the surgery is to mutilate the body of the patient when the patient has no capacity to understand the severity of the procedure they've agreed to, as in the case of the hysterectomies for children. Can you imagine saying to someone in 2012 that your nine-year-old daughter had dressed up like a boy last week so you made them an appointment for a consultation at Boston Children's Hospital with a surgeon to get more information about a hysterectomy for her. 
Even diehard liberals at the time would have looked at you with the same disgust and disdain they'd look at ancient minds with, and, de- and deservedly so. These types of surgeries and the ideology underlying them are ritualistic in nature. I've said it repeatedly, almost numbingly often, which is saying something considering this show is only nine episodes old. Children are society's most precious and most deserving population, and we must protect their innocence and their physical well-being at all costs. If we as a group, as a society, cannot come together and agree on this most basic point, we don't deserve to call ourselves civilized or a first world country. Because we're not. We're no better than the ancient civilization who kills and mutilates children in religious rituals. Which is precisely the thing championed to self-liberation on the left. Just as with the first clip from a woman wishing to shield pedophiles from, so- from societal judgment and punishment, this is the outgrowth of gender ideology. The very same gender ideology peddled in elementary school classrooms and corporate boardrooms nationwide. If they can get a hold of your children and your employer, then what chance do you stand? What option do you have to escape the same fate? Once they alienate you, once they smear you as an evil, gender-truth-denying, right-wing extremist, why should you be allowed to have a job at your company? Why should you be allowed to retain custody of your children? You have no reason to worry, though. The state will raise your children for you. You have nothing to worry about. Or alternatively, you can say no. You can tell them that you will not go quietly. You can tell them that their ritualistic garbage has no place in this country. It has no place in your state, it has no place in your schools, and it has no place in your companies, or in any other place they wish to cram it down on you. We have to stop this sort of stuff at its roots, lest we be consumed by it ourselves. Well, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to share this episode, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to check out our Twitter for show alerts and updates, as well as content and clips discussed in the episode. Make sure to read your Bible, go outside, and exercise today. And remember, we post three times per week, one on Monday, one on Wednesday, and one on Friday. So I'll see you all back here next time in the conservatory. Thanks, guys. One more thing, guys. Don't be a jerk. Leftists often have a a distorted view of Republicans as having kind of a showy, bossy, hate-everyone type of personality. So what we have to do is combat this because we will win no hearts and minds if, if we aren't conscious about how we live. So let me be clear. This does not mean compromising your values to appease another person who disagrees with you and has values like the ones that we talked about in the show today. But it does mean watching your language and not acting like an ape. Thanks, guys.